Warning. Please note that this podcast contains strong language and touches on many topics that may not be considered appropriate for a work environment. If you choose to listen to this podcast where you can be overheard, we are not responsible for the consequences of your decision. You've been warned. Podcast already in progress. He wrote most of season two, and that explains why a lot of people had a problem with it because it wasn't white people writing what they think black experiences are. It was a black man writing a black man's experience, right. which is you know I got that it was a black experience. But when we get to, um, before we get started, let me to. Any articles so I can like, look out? Um, let me see. Oh. You should have access to what she just put together, so. Well, yeah, um, you're in show building. It's What the Fuck American Gods. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so, so here's the real mind blowing thing that I don't get they hire two more black people to play African gods from the same region of the world Mr. Nancy is from. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here, but we're totally tagging Neil. (laughs) (laughs) Neil, we need your response. But he he even said like Orlando didn't Orlando talk to him? Didn't he reach out to him? Um, Neil's a showrunner. He's not in charge of hiring. Hmm. He's not in charge of contracts. That's Fremantle. So Neil could have been like, "Yes, everything's great." Everything's fine. I think I understand what's going on, and Fremantle is being really dickish. Uh, because, you know, Musa Kresh has also been let go, and so has Abtahi Omid. So, the gay Muslims are gone, and the angry black man is gone. That leaves one queer character on the show. One, o- well, one overtly queer, and the vague implied queerness of Bilquis. I mean, it's implied that she does not care um, about presentation. She's a she's a goddess of all kinds of shit, but love is one of them. Mm-hmm. I just don't know, and I like this show too much to not scream about this bullshit. Because Neil responded to Musa and said, "I hope I, I hope to see you in season four. So Neil implies that. He's actually, he, it's really these characters, we can't do everything we're going to do and have these characters be in the show. Mm. With these two, he hasn't responded to Orlando. I've not seen anything where Neil has said, hey, what's going on? Okay, yeah, because the only thing I had seen thus far was like Orlando's, when he originally was like, yeah, I was fired. Mm-hmm. And I was fired because they basically were saying, we didn't want to show an angry, angry black dude like in in this world and just God, fucking 
respectability politics. Mm. We back to that shit again. All right, cool. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I mean, we're recording, right? So that we're getting all this. And we'll just freeform riff on, riff on this. Throw shit on the beginning and shit on the end. We've got it all fucking snipped, so we can just <laughs> tack it on. It'll be fine. <laughs> We don't need to do introductions because, I mean, while this is We All Have an X Chromosome, this is also some serious fucking bullshit. Well, like, oh my, see, this is the this is the kind of shit that I'm always, like, dealing with. It's like, no matter what a black person does, they can't do anything right. If they're too nice, then, oh, you're being, you're being too white, you're being too this, you're being too that. If you're too angry, then all of a sudden we have to talk about respectability politics. Like, I can't have actual anger because as a black dude, if I'm angry, then that's a fucking issue. Except I have every fucking right to be angry about a whole lot of shit. And I have every right to to want to rage about shit. But it's like, if I'm suddenly angry, if I speak my mind, if I do a bunch of different stuff, it's not even just white people that come after me. It's other black people would be like, well... You know, nobody will take you serious if you act this way and that way. And I'm like, y'all do realize that the only way that anything got done was by angry people. But you get this whitewashed idea of what the civil rights movement was. And suddenly you think that that, that's going to be, you know, how anything gets changed, how anybody's looked at as a person or any of that. No, it's it's like you, you literally have to just kick the fucking door down, period. Like, that's just what it is. And if anybody has a problem with that, then they need to get out of the way. And like, just seeing that made me like annoyed. So just kind of like throwing it out there. I've only seen a little bit of American Gods. I haven't like watched it from start to finish or anything. Like just with my schedule and everything, I've only been able to, to really like catch some of it. Um, but I'm I'm familiar with Neil's work. I'm familiar with like, I love Sandman, like. I love what he does just as as a creator. So this was something that I was I'm interested in and I want to sit down and like watch from start to finish. So when I knew that Orlando Jones was in it, like I was excited. I was like, this is a dude I haven't seen in a long time. And and a lot of the stuff that I saw was like comedy stuff. So being able to see him take on other roles and be able to see him like flex his actual acting chops made me want to see it more. And then this came out and I went, hold on, what? What happened? So I was like, I only saw the original when he was like, yeah, I was let go in, what was it, September, I think, is when they fired him? Yeah, but they, so, haven't, they haven't given him any paperwork. They've just said, you're, not, you're no longer needed in season three. After he broke most of season two, including the finale, and how it maps into season three. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, there's, they, and their non-statement is such insanity i'm still trying to piece this together like what because the only thing i saw was them saying they didn't want that type of black person to be shown as like what black people are well what we've got is um we stand by our original statement around the ever-evolving storylines and characters that weave in and out of american gods a Fremantle spokesperson told deadline in the company's second response to jones pointed remarks about how he was treated by the producers and why while we greatly appreciate mr jones contributions to seasons one and two um he had a writing he had a producing credit that he got authorized through the writing guild because he was doing so much work 
Um, we are disappointed that he feels the need to make inaccurate accusations regarding the non-renewal of his contract. Our efforts are focused on season three and working with our amazing cast, crew, and creators. Why didn't they tell him in his quote about it? Um, <clears throat> if Jones, if that is true, that he weren't fired, um, that they just didn't renew the contract option. It's <clears throat> If that is true, then why didn't you tell me that in April, May, June, July, or August, when we were reaching out to you to get an understanding for what was going to happen with season three, and then summarily call me on September 10th to say that, to say that, one, two, why do I not have in my hand a release letter? Because when your option isn't renewed with the studio, that's what they send you to let you know so that you can go get other work. Where is that letter? That it that is in my that it is in my contract. You have to give me. You can't just notify me by phone call. No contract works that way because other people want to make sure that they're not infringing on Star's rights by looking to employ me as a series regular if I'm contracted elsewhere and they're holding exclusivity. Three. Why did you make a deal for three years if in fact it was a different creative direction and you know that's what you were going to do? Then shouldn't you have made a two year deal with me as opposed to a three year deal? Lastly, they were in contact with my manager all throughout those months and the conversation was clear. It was about renegotiating my acting contract, bringing me on as a writer as I was in season two, but that was retroactively and bringing me on as a producer as opposed to a consulting producer as I was in season two, fixing all those problems. The studio and the network all said those things and they were all clear and they all were clear that I would be writing Mr. Nancy and I would be producing on the show because that was part of the reason I did the insane amount of work that I did in season two because they paid a lot of other people to do the work that I was doing but they were all sitting at home makes no no fucking sense yeah like completely they sent him to a con on an american gods panel he, he mentions this in the article mm-hmm. it's a lot of opportunity to tell him and you know do right and you know follow contract and send him a letter that says we're not picking up your option but you know we'll let you know if we need you you know it's it's not like he's not been in acting and been in showbiz. Yeah, this isn't dude's first rodeo. Like, he literally knows exactly what the fuck y'all did. Yeah, he's um, and the Deadline interviewer, his name and we are going to share this article, is Dominic Patton. This came out fucking today, Tuesday to December 17th, 2019 at 1.06pm. This is an exclusive interview. And it's, does Fremantle have a race problem? He is the interviewer asked. And and Joan says, yes, I do think the problem stems from there. I want to be very clear about this. I did not introduce race into the conversation with regard to Fremantle. When a showrunner is telling everyone he can find that angry gets shit done is the wrong message for black America, you have just entered race into the conversation. That Mm -hmm. didn't come from me. And that was Brian Fuller and Michael Green. They wrote that line. They gave him that. Why did they approve it? You know, it's just the I mean, this shit, it like, it loops back into this is what respectability politics fucking looks like. If anybody ever wonders, like, why you're not even allowed to have emotions as, as a person of color, it's, it's shit like this. So we can make as many jokes as we want about Kyle, white Kyle punching walls, and that's hilarious. And we just brush that on the rug and be like, oh, that's whatever. But if a black person is angry, then it's, it's an issue. Suddenly, suddenly there's there's a race problem. Suddenly you're making black America look bad. But that's how that's like that exact message is how for years they've tried to make it like 
if you if you are if you're emotional about something, then you're not logical about it. Then you're not approaching it in a manner in which you can actually fix it. But that's how that's how white men control entire other groups of people. So you're like in in a almost like microcosm, you're seeing it just with this with how this show is being like with the firing of him and everything else. You're 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 literally seeing this play out, and it's it's like. I'm sitting here looking at this and I'm like, this is this is how this is always thrown towards me. If I get angry about something, if, even if I'm just on the Internet and I get angry about something and somebody looks at my profile picture and all of a sudden they want to talk about, well, I'm not going to listen to you if you're if you're angry about it. Well, why not? I have a right to be angry about the shit. But if you were sitting there calling me names and saying other shit like it'd be OK for you to, to do that, for you to be angry about. That. We're literally seeing that same that same idea just play out right here. What? All right, what? so I'm going to go through and interrupt briefly. I'm going to take like that whole entire chunk of what was just given and attach that at like some point after this. <laughs> uh, because all that's good shit. I don't want you guys to have to go through and repeat yourselves. <laughs> um, however, I need to go through and get the startup for this so we can explain what's going on. <clears throat> okay, yeah. I at mean, least- we at least Cut we got all that recorded. Start. At least we got all that recorded. So it's not like it was wasted. I mean, yeah, I would have screamed. Uh, but <laughs> while we are ranting, I did find that Neil said that, you know, Neil said, I cannot do very much about this. I am upset in a, in, in a very Neil Gaiman way. Um, <clears throat> quote, Orlando is an astonishing actor and as a writer-producer was vital in helping get us through season two of American Gods. I'm so glad he got to be part of the American Gods family and no, I don't have a say in contractual renewals, etc. You're fucking Neil Gaiman, Neil! You're married to Amanda fucking Palmer. Don't tell me you don't have power. Also, you're white. And British. I, well, the, the <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> Did you learn nothing from Terry? Come on! So, welcome to the spoilers, people. Welcome to We're All Raging About American Gods. My name is Bill. I'm Noel. And today we have our good friend Alpha Riff. What's up? What's up? Because we need another voice about the various topics today. Not um, just another voice, we needed a black person. Yes. Uh, because my angry white woman yelling isn't quite as effective on this, because <laughs> I can't speak to the impact that Mr. Nancy had on the representation of black people in media quite the way somebody who's never been represented in a, as, as angry in a positive light could possibly speak to. But before we get to all that... <laughs> Now, this is going to be probably the sloppiest edited podcast that y'all are going to listen to, because... Fuck it, it's Christmas. Deal with it. (laughs) Fuck it, it's Christmas. Um, I just started the recording, and these two went off to the races. (laughs) And I couldn't get a word in edgewise. There's going to be so much good shit to go through and record. I'm like, "Mm, we got to start the podcast but we're already starting the podcast, and we're, and we don't only want to talk about American Gods in this podcast because something else happened during the course of the weekend. I want to bring that up too. Um, we want to talk about Lizzo's magnificent ass. Yes, yes, we want to talk about Lizzo's magnificent ass. But before we talk about Lizzo's ass and American Gods, 
Um, visit us on the web. We're at www.xchromosomepodcast.com. That's where you find all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, all that. Everything is connected to that. It also has access to our Patreon page. It has access to our merchandise because we have merch. And if you want to make a one-time donation to the podcast, there's also a link there. Um, I stress this on our Facebook page and our Twitter. We're going to have some bills coming through. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about like things that need to get paid to continue things going through. And unlike last year, I have to wait for multiple W-2s and multiple health insurance forms to come through. Mm-hmm. So I can't just like do my taxes as soon as I get my W-2 in to pay for this stuff right off the bat. So this would be yeah. this would be a time to go through and help us. Give us a Christmas gift. Join our Patreon. Or, you know, throw us some money so that we can afford to pay our hosting fees so you can keep getting us screaming fuck about all of the shitty things in the world straight into your ear holes on your platform of choice. Because we want to keep doing this and we don't want to have any major interruption with that. Um, There's going to be a little bit of interruption because you guys are getting this right before Christmas hits and we're going to probably take off for the year. We might try to record something for Patreon just for the hey, thanks for that, but that'll be something special that will be probably completely off topic. So another reason to join Patreon. You get free, you get other recorded shit. Um, Uh, Yeah, everybody else who's involved with the podcast has a life and people they want to go look at. And meanwhile, I will be sitting home, a bitter old spider in the basement, screaming about fucking the white supremacist, misogynist uh, complex. All right. So... We're going to break, before we go back into the American Gods drama, um, I want to talk about Lizzo. Unless you guys want to leave Lizzo for last, because... I feel like it's it's one and the same. I feel like they're both, they're tied together. And and so is Gabrielle Union getting fired from America's Got Talent for being too black. Like, I feel like it, that's why uh, when Bill was like, yo, do you want to jump on here? I was like, yeah, like, I... I haven't seen as much American Gods as I should, and I need to sit down and like watch it from front to back. You but need to like, watch season two. It is so about bl- the black experience and inherited trauma from generations, and it's some deep, heavy shit. And like, lots of white people were upset about it. I don't even want to throw this into it, but Watchmen. I also need to like add that to my like. There's so much good shit. I've heard for so me much right now. Yes. <laughs> Like so much good shit for me, and and being you know just kind of giving a background of myself for a little bit. So you know I'm a black person. Hey, hello, uh, and I'm 37 years old. And most of my life, there was nobody that looked like me, talked like me, acted like me in anything that I've seen. I've either I've seen one or two things. Either it was like the big macho black dude that had like two lines and was stupid as a fucking rock, or it was somebody who was so the opposite of that that it didn't actually make sense. Like Steve Urkel? Yeah, it was just like, that person just does not actually exist, so what are you trying to say? Like, black people don't exist, or they just have to be overly macho? And then, like... Mr. T or Steve Urkel? 
Yeah, and and then of course you know black women just never existed. I think they uh, came into existence about five or six years ago, maybe. Um, you know, like when Michelle Obama, you know, just kind of showed up and was on TV. Like I think hey. that's kind of when they showed up. I watched Living <laughs> Signal. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, and Living Color was a thing. It really was, I and mean, the the thing that made me actually laugh about that. Jim Carrey, who he was just like, yeah, these black people gave me a chance, and without them, I would have never been anything. And I'm like, thank you, <laughs> like, thank you. Um, but no, like, there's just so much good shit. And as as a as a black creator, like, being able to see that there's so much good shit now, and knowing that there's there's more coming down the pipeline, like seeing shit like the reaction to Lizzo and seeing shit with Orlando Jones is just like, wait, what? This this would happen in like the mid nineties and nobody would bat an eye. What is happening now and I'm going, hold the fuck on. What? This what? This is a post Black <laughs> Panther era. This like is a post that phenomenon. And and it's kind of like it's kind of it's kind of like I almost understand why, because you have this yeah, you have this this post Black Panther era where people were like, well, you got what you wanted, so can you chill? And it's like, well, no, I can't. Because one drop in, like, the bucket of all this other sea of just white-only media, it that's not going to satisfy me. Like, you had two characters that I could identify with, but I'm going to need to stable with these motherfuckers because for my entire life, I only had one out there in almost all media. There was only ever one character that was supposed to represent me and never actually did. So there was a whole other character that didn't look like me that I didn't really have an affinity for. But I was like, uh, they kind of do some of the same stuff I do and like some of the same stuff I like, even if they just never look like me. Um, but people are like, shouldn't you be satisfied? And it's like, no. So when you see stuff like this, when you see when you see quotes like, let me let me scroll up real fast here um <laughs> but it's like when you see stuff where it's like anger shouldn't be what's shown for black america i'm like no it 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 should it's part of the black american experience is being angry about a lot of shit and why shouldn't we see it be used in a good way it was used before in very good ways but the idea of like trying to push that down and trying to make that make that seem like it's it's bad is the same is the same twisted shit that they did when when you're in school and you're growing up and they're like hey we're going to talk about the civil rights movement so there was martin luther king jr and he never ever did anything bad and he was so peaceful and people just were they never touched anybody and they were never angry and then there's martin luther king and he blew up schools or not martin luther malcolm x and he blew up he blew up schools and he killed people and it's like what the fuck are y'all talking about did you i I read in school the autobiography of Malcolm X, and it was one of my favorite books. And it's like, it's like if there was anybody that that actually preached peace and went about and actually did peaceful shit and did a lot of really good shit, it was Malcolm X. Martin Luther King Jr., yes, he could preach at a pulpit. I'm not downing anything that he did, but if you think for a second that he sat there and was just like, chill, I'm going to need you to go back and, and look at what him and his people did because it was not just chill. And there was a lot of anger and there was a lot of things that got done through anger. And the reason why people would be like, all right, maybe we should probably listen is because 
when you have actual anger and you have radicalized anger that's directed at very specific things and able to get these things done, then the people in power are going to have to listen because they're like, okay, well, shit, we're about to lose everything that we we want. So when when a show, a really good show that is showing not just like, I don't think people really understand also that when we think of like gods and we think of when we think of like mythology, the shit that's pushed down our throat every single time is only like Greek mythology. It's only like this kind of shit. So like when you have gods that aren't your typical normal gods and you're seeing what they can do, you're and you're you're getting actual stories from them. How is not that not like the most empowering thing that that you could actually have like on TV and you could actually have representing multitudes of different kinds of people. I thought that's what we were were trying to get to, not just like, here's only one type of person of color, but how about we have multiple types of people of color and we have multiple multiple types of of media and cinema and actors and actresses that are getting jobs and we're, we're showcasing all of this. I thought that's what we were supposed to do, but... I guess that's if if you're if you're dark you're not supposed to you're not supposed to have any of that I guess. <laughs> what I mean that's some heavy shit and it's all true but <laughs> some of the mind blowing things cuz I ranted about in an earlier episode I ranted about season 2 and about how the fact people weren't getting it. Mm-hmm. And how I being an intelligent white person who knows how the internet works has found a lot of specifically black feminist pages to follow because I am a white person and I need to shut up and listen. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I would like to shout out Uppity Negress podcast and I would like to shout out Chi the Woke Ratchet. You two are, you all are amazing people and you've made me a better human being for existing. Please go check out their shit and throw them money. They're doing God's work and you know, they let me lurk and, and learn. And, you know, I've learned about AAVE. I've learned how to translate AAVE so that I, too, understand what is being said. And that's awesome. That gives me a way to communicate with other Americans in their dialect Mm -hmm. or their language. Um, If you don't know what that stands for, that's African-American vernacular English. That's for the white people at home um, who don't quite know what's going on. But it's a lot of stuff that leaks into general slang. Starts with A-A-V-E. So just, we keep stealing from black people. Um, and we need to stop. It's not even with like... Our own, fucking, our own fucking slang. It's not um, even like slightly leaks. It's like almost every single thing that somebody says right now came, like, started in the black community. Like, if you say 24-7, that was not a fucking white thing at all. Like... Black oh people have invented... Have, since we let them speak in public, black people have invented American slang. Black people have invented American entertainment and music. And Orlando Jones being Mr. Nancy was very much an embodiment of the entire black experience. Because mm. where season two spoilers, there's an episode where he is the stage director and the costume designer. And he's basically running the fucking show for Mr. Wednesday's uh, vaudeville theater. He's doing all the costuming and all the stage direction, and he's walking through the back, and he's talking to Thor. 
spoilers, Thor is in the is in season two briefly, one episode. Don't get attached. Um, <laughs> if you've read the book, you know, don't get attached. Uh, also, there are Nazis in season two, straight up actual Nazis. So, Don't spoilers. Spoilers! <laughs> there are Nazis! Um, for those listening, if they want to go back to the episode where we're talking about, that was episode six. Because around that time, there was articles coming out that say things like, American Gods has a lynching problem. No, America has a lynching problem! Right, like... Your show is about America! I don't know. I don't know if y'all really don't know what the fuck happened, but um, yeah, <laughs> like the shit you read in history books still happens today. It still happens very regularly today. Um, this isn't like history. This is this is current events. So I'm gonna need you to just go ahead and uh, you know brush up on that shit. Some quick. of the last children and grandchildren of Civil War veterans. These are pe- children who are drawing pensions from the government. You know, they're getting their 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 fathers, or in some cases, their mothers. Um, we'll go into the the weird queer history of the Civil War in another episode. Um, but guess what? History's queerer than you think. There's been lots of trans people in the military since forever. Get over it! Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but they were dying in the early 2000s. That's how recent this is. Three generations is 2004. It's not history. It's not old. These wounds are not addressed. They're still they're still very fresh. Mm-hmm. And season two goes a lot into it. And you're really going to love um, Orlando's performance in season two because every time he get as he gets angrier about the plight of Black America, his accent changes, and it gave me chills every time it happened because. I knew that the actor was speaking from a place of truth mm-hmm. in a way that nobody else could. When he he gives this incredible speech and he's speaking to Bilquis and he's speaking to Dehudi with Toth, for those of you who only know him by his Greek name instead of by his actual name, um, Mr. Ibis, for those of you who only know him from the book. Um they're standing in a in a Christian chapel of all places in the funeral chapel in the funeral home, and they're having this discussion. I think it, yeah, it's in the chapel. They're having this discussion about the black experience, and Bilquis is talking about you know being withdrawn, and Ibis is talking about being withdrawn and hunkering down and sheltering because that's a lot of how you get through life is you hunker down and. More white people doing white people shit. We're gonna duck again right. and let them do their white people shit. Y'all go ahead and go off and do that shit. We we busy over here. We trying to survive. <laughs> like... But Anansi is angry about the fact that this is still going to cost black lives. It's you know Shadow is black. Spoilers! Shadow has been black the whole time. If you didn't get that from the first five pages of the novel, what fucking book did you read? Shadow has been black. If you didn't get it from the guard being fucking racist to him, his mother dies from sickle cell anemia. Well, she has sick. Well, yeah, his (laughs) Shadow's mom dies. We know she dies. We see that happen. It happens in the book. This book is almost 20 years old. If I'm spoiling a 20-year-old book, that's on you. 
Also, spoiler alert, sickle cell. Hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, she she actually dies of like leukemia, but they thought it was another sickle cell crisis. Sickle cell anemia happens more prominently in black communities. Mm-hmm. So you know from that that his mother is black, and we don't know who his father is until the very end of the book. And I'm not going to spoil that. It was me. It's not Bill. God, it's not Bill. Shadow would have never made it through if it was Bill. Damn. I love you, Bill, but you could not have done the shit that Shadow goes through. Now, while we're on the subject of the book and season three, not involving Mr. Nancy very much. I don't want to watch episode after episode after episode of Ricky Whittle wandering around a small town in Wisconsin being bored out of his fucking mind. Because there's two things that happen in this in, you know, the third part of the novel. One, Lakeside, which is a small town in Wisconsin, it is super white. It is super boring. He just spins his wheels there. Um occasionally goes on trips with Mr. Wednesday. Yeah, and he occasionally goes out into the Mr. Nancy, but, you know, they basically put him on ice and let him chill in the frozen north of Wisconsin. Yes, literally. Um, And then literally everything else happened. And with the literally everything else, Mr. Nancy is an integral part of that. He's been on board since day one with Wednesday for whatever reason. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Read the book, 20 years old, in 2021. Um, Nancy becomes integral to the movement that is the old gods. He becomes integral to Shadow, solving the primary problem of the novel. Mr. Nancy is so important to Neil that he got his own book. Well, spoilers for Nancy boys. The action starts when Mr. Nancy dies. Um, of old age singing karaoke. Well, <laughs> he goes out putting out a show. I so, mean, that's the way to fucking go right there, though. <laughs> I mean, he goes out like a fucking pimp, right? Great. Was it an Alpha Riff song? I mean, it probably was. <laughs> no, it might have been What's New Pussycat. Who knows? Um, but him and his lemon yellow gloves and his check, check, ugh. All of the, just the way Neil describes him, Neil is very, very attached to the character of Mr. Nancy, to the point where he wrote a, he wrote a Nancy Boys as a spiritual sequel to American Gods, because it takes place after Shadow's adventures. So that's how important Nancy is. So at least you get to know he lives through American Gods, so that he can cause problems for his son, Fat Charlie, <laughs> in death. No less. Um, but Rita Nancy Boys, it's a fucking cool book. Um, the idea of the oh, he's not going to be he's not going to be interested. He's not going to be integral to season three. Did you not read the fucking book, Chick? I, I'm yelling at Chick Egley, who's the showrunner. It's like, didn't you read the source material? It's not hard. It's on audiobook. It'll take you like two fucking days. Sit down, listen to it. The the funny part is like. As you're as you're talking, I'm sitting here adding shit to my Amazon wish list. Like, all right, let me go ahead and put that on there. And uh... <laughs> really, um, I mean, it's I love Neil, but Neil is still white. He does a pretty good job 
of making well-rounded, non-stereotypical black characters. I mean, he even plays off the stereotypes of black characters in Shadow. Shadow's a weedy, nerdy kid. And then he grows up and he, you know, puts on height and he puts on muscle over a summer. And he's suddenly this big dude. Bill, is that you? Yes. (laughs) There's a face that I'm making at you right now. It's a face that somebody who wrote Coteries of New York owes me for because they fucking stole it. Um. Hashtag cut that for Patreon. Um, <laughs> uh, but there's there's a point in American Gods where they talk about Shadow being picked on and bullied because he was always the new kid. And it comes up in the show and how Shadow doesn't fit because his mom worked for the um, embassy. Worked for the, the yeah, he worked for the, the American, um, the embassies as a translator. So she's a smart fucking woman and a single mother and black. And she's doing the best she can with this kid who's constantly moving around because she keeps getting stationed in different places. So he doesn't get to have any friends or have like a normal childhood. And then in season two, they show he moved, they move to America. They move back because she's having more trouble with um, her health and with managing the anemia and you know, it's just you have to stop moving at some point so you can have mm. consistent care or you'll die. Um, you know, the, st- the story about Shadow and his mother in American Gods made me, made me wonder if that's how they decided to pull off Guardians of the Galaxy 2 with um, Quill and Ego and Quill's mother. That there's that there's a serious homage to American Gods. Yeah, I mean spoilers for American Gods um, because not everyone's read the book, and that's a major plot point, Bill. Damn it, Bill! Damn it, Bill! Now I'm just Damn gonna it, say it. <laughs> Shadow finds out in the third part of the book who his father is, and his dad is white and from Norway originally. Hmm. This part will be cut for Patreon. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> um, but uh, hashtag Wednesday is a supreme asshole. Like the entire plot of the book is can be summed up as Wednesday's a fucking asshole, and white people are assholes. Uh, white people, because <laughs> yeah, hashtag white people, because you know. Wednesday feels owed. You know, the Norse came to America and left him behind, and he got forgotten, and he's angry about that. And yet, you know, the gods that were already here, let him stay. Let him live. You know, he just feels entitled to continue to exist. So there's a lot of shit. And, um... There are people who are very much not fans of the book and not fans of Mr. Nancy and not fan of this version of Mr. Nancy. In season one, there were discuss- there were whiny posts about, why is Mr. Nancy so angry? He didn't read that way in the book. You didn't read the fucking book. I mean, these these are the same people that didn't know um, the one little girl in uh, Hunger Games was black. So Rue? Yeah, Rue yeah. was black. Yeah. It's, it- the same pe- it's the same people. So I'm, I don't pass anybody. To say some shit like that, like at all, 
So, I think in my case, because I didn't read American Gods, I listened to it on audiobook. So I had it acted out for me, so to speak. Yeah, the tenth anniversary edition is really good, and the actor who plays Nancy there is not Jones good, but is pretty damn good about conveying angry and black. Right, and I think because I think if I was reading Mister Nancy, I might not have caught it. But wow, since you're... it was being read for me in a full cast ensemble, that made it make sense. Bill should probably stop downloading uh, American God's porn right now. Um. I mean, I mean, yeah, I please stop downloading shit. Bill, you broke the fuck up. Or your housemates need to stop downloading uh, American God's porn or whatever the fuck is going on over there. Um, All right, let me repeat what I just said. Um, I think because I listened to it on audi- Audible for audiobook, the acting was able to convey what if I was reading it written word, I might not have gotten. Um, for example, one of the things that you brought up, Shadow is Black. I probably would have gotten that from reading it. But because of the media type I chose to listen to it for the unabridged book, I was able to get that from the audiobook. So mm. I could see people saying, I don't, I don't see that like the book says. But based on everything I've seen clips-wise of American Gods, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep. But, okay, so the way – because you've said that, this actually brings up a very, very uh, kind of, like, tangential point, but it's an interesting point. These people are defaulting to white. They just automatically assume everybody is white. Whereas, like, if I go into a book, if I even, you know, just read a book, I don't default to that. I default to – However I'm reading the character is just whatever ends up popping up in my head. They could be white, black, Asian, like Native American. Like it doesn't matter. Like it just pops up in my head that that person looks like that. And it doesn't, there's no default in my head. And I think that's kind of telling when people automatically always default to, oh, this person is going to be white. Even in the case of Rue and the case of Shadow, even when they're coded. Yeah, because if you read Hunger Games, literally, Rue comes from an entire community, nothing but black people. How did you ever in your life believe that she would not be black? See, what? that's the <laughs> that's the funny thing that's happening, too, because um, one of my fandoms is The Wheel of Time. And the way that The Wheel of Time is written, you would think that the main characters would just be possibly coded white. But when they've cast, like, three of the main characters that they cast are black people. Mm-hmm. And I have no issue with the casting. My only my only remote concern about the casting of it was, will the actor of Paranabara be able to put on enough bulk to be the blacksmith? Um, because the guy's kind of skinny. <laughs> uh, but um, other than that, it's like... People are flipping out because, wait, you have the two most powerful women in the series as black women, and they're supposed to be white. It's like, it doesn't actually say that they have to be white in the book. So I don't get what you're talking about. Um, But it's like, for me, I think it's mostly with how I read, is like those things get brought to the side because 
I go into the dialogue, and then I might pick up something on the dialogue that might bring it up. But um, I see, like I said, I can see how people could read Mr. Nancy as like the nice black guy, or as some people use the trope, um, magical Negro. The magical Negro. Fucking hate it. Oh um, my god. <laughs> I, I think Let- that's what a lot of people that are don't like Orlando's Mr. Nancy think of him as the magical Negro. And the side, the the charming sidekick who's there to make Wednesday look good. In what universe? Mm-hmm. But do you have more to say about that trope? No, because I not I, you, I, Bill. I, you're I, white. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was just sitting there, just like waiting for it, and then he just kept going. I went, "Yep." <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, one. Shut up, white man. <laughs> Love you, Bill. Um. God, I fucking hate the magical Negro. Let me. So, let me look it up. So we got that link for the podcast. But the the reason the reason why I hate the magical Negro so fucking much is because magical Negroes almost never have like actual character development. They don't have real emotions. They don't have anything. It's just whenever you've whenever like the quote unquote main character has fucked something up or needs a rescue or needs an explanation or needs something. Here comes this prancing, dancing dude, usually a dude, usually an older guy, think Morgan Freeman, um, who just kind of swoops in and he tells you what you need to do. He might explain something. He might even give you some dust or something that you can use to now make your journey a little bit easier. But he doesn't actually have any characterization. You don't actually remember him beyond that point right there. That's it. That's the only purpose that he serves. And almost every black character is reduced to that. It doesn't need to be specifically like the dude in the suit who's like dancing and singing. It can even be a reduction of here's a witch doctor. You got to go to the witch doctor because only the witch doctor can solve this. Only the voodoo doctor can solve this. Only the shaman can solve this. And it's always that person who's like, it's some form of mysticism that you're not going to explain. There's no actual backstory to this character, no actual development. Even if they do have some development, like at the end of the day, they're reduced to this one note. That's the only purpose that they fucking serve. They will never be able to defend themselves. Um, they'll never actually have love interests. They'll never have, uh, if they do have children, it's always like some weird way that the children like appeared into existence. And then the child is, is almost always like more powerful either more powerful or they don't have any magic. So they're kind of worthless. And, hey, let's just throw them at, like, crime or some other bullshit story to, you know, show that if you are a magical Negro, this is what happens to you. I fucking hate it. Like, kill off the trope. If if I never have to see, like, another black person who has any form of magic ever again, I would be very happy. Like... Wait, wait, wait. No, let them have fucking magic because that lets us have Black Panther. And storm <laughs> and fucking badass black people. Whoa, um, hold on, fucking but, Luke Cage. But the but the the good part about that is that like technically that's not even magic though. Like Luke Cage could kind of be like the magical Negro because he really, at least in in he doesn't series. actually teach anyone anything, and that's the whole trope is that they're like you know the wise guide, and they let they teach the white he, person how to he, not suck. Well, and then he they starts disappear out and is, die. He, he kind of starts out as like the wise guide, but only for like 
black people. And then he's like, all right, actually, nah, fuck everybody. I'm going to just become the uh, the kingpin. And then, you know, then they're just going to cancel your series. So whatever. You won't get any explanation after that shit. Um, <laughs> I'm still bitter about that. Let's not talk about that. I- I'm bitter about it too. Just <laughs> Uh, Luke Cage happens to be my favorite Marvel superhero. <laughs> so when they gave me my show that I wanted and I was giddy and then they took it away, I canceled Netflix. Oh, uh, the whole of Netflix. <laughs> like all of Netflix, bro. <laughs> I canceled Netflix. <laughs> just canceled. Oh, They're gone. Just gone Netflix for everybody. is gone. Just everybody. Nobody can log in. I don't know. I would die like, if the last I couldn't watch Forensic Files. <laughs> I'm such a white woman. I'm so great. It helps me sleep. How did they die? Let me see. But but no. now I have Disney Plus, so I'm just waiting for that to come through. And there's mm. already talks about um, Luke oh, Cage being a part of other parts. So I, I'm uh, good Disney with that. Plus is so queer and un- and intersectional. I'm excited. Uh, for Disney, Disney Plus is wild. Like I'm. Uh, I mean, let, let's be let's be real. If, if people don't know, I love The Little Mermaid, and I have definitely watched um, <laughs> a thousand times. Yeah, I mean, I already had you know Blu-ray and DVD and stuff, but um, there's something different about streaming it. So what's good? <laughs> you, you just like watching a dumb white bitch get what she deserves. <laughs> I mean, all right, look, because I've had people. I know this isn't even related to any of this shit, but like I've had people. Why do you like Ariel? She's fucking stupid. And I'm like, listen here, all right? I know Ursula was smart for some shit, but she's dumb as fuck, too. It's like, everybody is dumb, and Eric is dumb as shit as well. That's why I screen capped his dumb ass drowning, and I use that as a meme for shit, okay? Everybody is dumb. And King Triton is the stupidest of all of them. And Sebastian, Sebastian, you know what? I got a whole rap disc that I got to fucking record about Sebastian. I might do that shit after this little uh, interview podcast. So let's let's just keep it real. Everybody in that everybody in that movie in that series is dumb as shit. So, so the fire album of 2020 is your entire rap album of nothing about <laughs> nothing but shit about Sebastian the Crab, <laughs> who's a fucking trope. He falls into the goddamn trope thing. He really does. Uh, yep. Um, <laughs> they, they, on, on the subject of Disney Plus and things that aren't there, where's fucking Song of the South, you assholes? Um, yeah, on since, the subject um, of the magic negro, right, Uncle Remus so, is sort of that trope. I mean, he's he to be honest. Shit. To be honest, like he, I don't know if 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 the trope was coined because of him or if the trope was coined because of like the Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer books. Um, according to TV tropes, um, a related trope to the magical negro, which is specifically for uh, men. Mm-hmm. Um, is uh, the Whoopi Epiphany speech because oh. apparently Whoopi Goldberg does that a lot enough yeah. to get a page on Jesus Christ. Uh, the Black Best Friend and Mammy. Oh, so yeah! Literally the companion to that bullshit. Oh, why did I forget about you know? Because I've only gone with the like one time. That's why. Yep. Mm. It's compare this trope to Magical Negro and Almighty Janitor. May also be the maid of a maid and maiden duo. The other wiki has a page on the archetype here. The white family she works for may fall under bad boss or pointy haired boss, but don't expect the story to call them out on it. Ever. Ever. <laughs> um, so, like, the help kind of plays with this. 
Uh, but we've got links to both of those now for the show notes because we link everything. Mm. It's her earthy common sense may, if her white masters or employers become sufficiently zany, lead her to become the lead her to become the only sane man of the household and develop some characteristics of a sassy black woman fucking tropes. Perhaps even being driven to deliver a whoopee epiphany speech. Oh, I mean, does that I don't know, does this segue segue like well into any Lizzo talking? Just how black women have to fit into a tiny, tiny box and how yes. Lizzo fits in zero boxes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about Lizzo's majestic ass, and that's okay. Let's talk I mean, about her ass. I mean, I don't want to just talk about her ass. I want to talk about the fact that even though I'm not, like, her music and stuff, like, I like it, but I I won't go out of my way to listen to it. Like, I'm just be upfront. Like, it's not something that I put on to, like, make myself feel good and want to jam or whatever. But I understand like what her place in music is and what her place in culture is. It's the same feeling that I have for like Beyonce. Like I never listened to Beyonce, but I understand why Beyonce exists. And like, I'm glad that she exists. And I'm glad that there's people that can look at her and pull from her. Lizzo's kind of like the same thing. So when, okay, go ahead, go ahead, Bill. So not to interrupt, Recently, a friend of mine posted this thing that he got from someone else's thing about what are your opinions on these 11 topics? And like all of them are like major topics like gun control, abortion, capitalism, things like that. Number 11 was Lizzo. And he wrote, I don't know what, I do not know what Lizzo is, which basically made a bunch of people go, you don't know what Lizzo is now. For me, the music's nice. It's it's good stuff. It's good stuff to jam to on occasion. I don't um, listen to music, but what gets me about Lizzo is the how she respects herself, her body image, how she promotes self love. How if you go through her Twitter feed. She has so much, so much, uh, God, I've cried based on some of the tweets that she's written. Um, no, Bill, you you cry at weird commercial, you cry at Oreo commercials, so (laughs) I don't know what we're talking about here. Um, but she's inspiring to a lot of people just because it's one of those things like, this is a woman that one of the things that she pointed out is like, everybody talks about. Oh, your success is so quick. Your success is so quick. She's like, no, my success has been a slow burn. Mm -hmm. I've been busting my ass, touring, writing, recording, touring, writing, recording, just trying to get a name for myself for years and years. And it's just now gotten to the point where people are starting to notice. And I'm going to do whatever I can to have the most impact on people's lives with this. So a woman like Lizzo getting ridiculed because she was at a Lakers Timberwolves game, Lizzo being from Minnesota. Um, the Laker girls were on the court. She was jamming in the crowd with the Lake, while the Laker girls were on the court, um, shaking her butt. There was, she was wearing a thong and people were comparing her to the WWE wrestler Rikishi, who is a Samoan and um, basically was known for 
shoving his giant ass into people's face, um, wearing like a sumo thong. Um, There's so much to un- unpack there. Let's just burn the whole suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like when I think that it, like if that was Megan Trainer, I don't think you would have gotten the same reaction. Megan Trainer, literally the most boring person on planet Earth, and people were I- just like. Oh, she is so innovative. No, bye. <laughs> Look, she is so establishment. Regular guest on the Today Show. Like, oh my god. How many times have, has Lizzo been on the Today Show? Let's ask Google. <laughs> I love the sound of the typing. Like, I'm just... <laughs> um, once. So... Once. I know Megan Trainer has been on at least three times in the last year. So, ah, let's all right. Let's 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 just go back right fast. So, one of the things that I absolutely absolutely hate um, when it comes to anything music related, if it is first and foremost, if it's a if it's a female, if there's there's one successful female in whatever the genre is, if there's another female who is about to be successful then heaven help everybody because now they automatically have to just be against each other. So that's the first fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Then, so like Vanessa, Car- like uh, Vanessa Carlton and um, the other chick, uh, Michelle Branch and uh, uh, Vanessa Carlton. Yeah. Like, so women aren't allowed to both exist in a shared space where there's millions, potentially billions of fans across the world. No, no, Warren. We're not. No women are allowed to be. Women aren't allowed to be friends with each other. We have to slaughter each other for male gazes entertainment. Oh, okay. I forgot. You forgot. Yeah. Now let's add. Let's ask the bonus modifier of um, fetishization. Fetishization. I've had some wine. Fuck you with my pronunciation. (laughs) It's good wine. Thank you, Stephen Mel. But. You know, fetishizing black women, fetishizing Asian women, um, anything and curvy women, women who are proportioned like Lizzo, anything that you can fucking add a modifier on. There's supposed to be more fighting so that we're competing for your attention. Right. When 99% of us don't fucking care. Stop looking at us, please. We would like you to stop being creepy. Listen to our... Was there any... Any weird backlash when, like, Taylor Swift was wearing anything skimpy? <laughs> Maybe. Let me look it up. I'm <laughs> like, because... The I difference only... is, Taylor Swift does not have any rhythm. I mean, that's why that's why she just, you know, regularly hires black people when it suits her, and then oh, throws them not... away when it doesn't. Um, Ariana Grande and her fucking blackfishing. Oh my god. Well, I mean, the fact that <coughs> the fact that originally she was buying porcelain powder and now she has to go and buy, like, ebony powder. I don't know what the fuck happened with her skin tone, but I can tell you uh, even as a black person, I've never changed skin tones like that while being out in the sun, but okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Here she is, Taylor Swift, being accused of copying Beyonce. I'm not getting anything on her getting shit about her dress backlash. So Um, let me get this straight. So Lizzo, who has been literally working her ass off, who 
from like the little research that I've kind of done, because I mean, as somebody in the music industry, like I just want to, even if I'm not like really following people, I just want to kind of like, you know, look at what they're doing, seeing, see what interests me about what they're doing, see if it's something I can incorporate into the stuff I do and the communities that I embrace and do stuff with. And she is very do it yourself and very um, like she she's from the ground up. Like she's completely self-built. So knowing like her work ethic and the amount of shit that she has done to get where she is and people immediately just go in like, oh, you blew up super fast. And it's like, well, no, she didn't. You, you do realize like if you do a show a day and if you if you don't put money towards anything else but like what your music career is, like you can get traction and you can keep going through what you're doing like you don't you don't have to quote unquote be discovered like you already have a built-in fan base like that's what's going to help you get to where you're at so the fact that people automatically just assume that because i've seen people levy stuff against her like well you're just a bigger black woman and obviously that's what the pc crowd wants so that's why you're where you're at right now and it's like well no she literally this is who she is as a person, and she just really works fucking hard at what she does. But the people want to discredit black women, I feel, even more in the music industry than they would white women. Or, I mean, I haven't seen too many Asian women, like, pushed forward. But I always feel like whenever I'm, I'm reading interview interviews from anywhere, from, like, X, XXL or anything like that, like, this, the questions and things that they kind of lob at these musicians over any of their male counterparts is more like, well, who did you know to get you where you're at? As opposed to what all have you done to get to where you're at? What all have you put out? What mixtapes have you put out? How hard have you pushed? How much have you have you pushed down your channels, your personal channels? What interviews have you done before? What shows have you done? What showcases have you done back to back to back? What tours have you arranged? They asked they ask males, what, you know, these same questions. They always ask them, where have they gone? Where have, what cities have they been to? So on and so forth. Whereas with, whereas with women, they're always asking like, well, who did you know that could get you where you're at right now? They never, they never have that idea that you, you put in your 100. And I feel like with Lizzo, it's even worse because being a black woman, like automatically, no, you didn't earn anything. You you had to have like sucked somebody's dick. Like that's the only explanation. Like you had to have fucked somebody. That's literally the only explanation for how you got here right now. Um and then being that she's a bigger woman, it's oh, so now you must have tapped into what the PC culture is. And it's like, how do you tap into a how do you tap into a PC culture when exist? And people who look like you vibe on what you're doing and they purchase your stuff and they come to your shows and the numbers speak for themselves. How is that tapping into PC culture? Because if I put out something and some black person looks at me and goes, I like what you're doing. I like rap and I love them together. That's not me tapping into some other culture and trying to figure out how to find that specific person. That's somebody who found me. And I already was doing what I do because that's what I am. So I don't really understand like how people can't look at Lizzo and just under and just see that she is just works her ass off. Number one. But then number two, why is it that as soon as she 
does anything besides sit silent in the back of a room, there's an issue with it. Because I'm pretty sure that I've seen plenty of skinny ass white women try to shake whatever the fuck that they got. And there's like gifts and videos of the shit. And y'all put the shit on like the Jumbotron and y'all laugh and hoot and holler. And they had even less than what she fucking had on. Because I didn't see anything that I haven't seen from cheerleaders at these fucking games. So can somebody explain that shit to me? Because I'm not getting it. <sighs> She's not conforming to Eurocentric standards of beauty whatsoever. Oh, oh I forgot. You yeah. forgot. She's yeah, black right. and she's not a size zero. You're because right. You're you right. could be black in a size zero and it's fine if you straighten your hair. Right. You have to straighten your hair first. My bad. My you bad. can't you can't have, you know, hair that suits that you can't have hairstyles that suit your hair and don't fucking destroy it. Also, white people in dreads need to fucking literally stay in this century. Um, I mean, or, can, and this decade, they need to stay in this decade and not go forward because unless you have the expe- the specific textured hair, you look like my late cat Whisper, who just hated I, to be brushed. I want them, you look sad and pathetic. I want every single one of those white people to do box braids just so I can see their hair fall out at the end, and like that's <laughs> that's all I fucking need right there. Like I'm good, I'm good with that. If you do that, cool. Go ahead, do what you do, because I'm just going to sit here and laugh. Um, <laughs> Look, I can't yeah. get my hair to do basic shit. I would never try to encourage it to do something for textured hair. Nor would I... No, I look at women with textured hair, and I am jealous of all of them, because their hair actually does shit. I'm just... I have the whitest of white hair. It is literally stick straight. And I mean, I'm like, how can you... I look very unprofessional. How can you dock these women who have beautifully coiffed hair that is hundreds of dollars and call that not professional? I we could, just we literally could get into... To, we could get uh, into that hair topic because the fact that people had to pass laws to make it illegal to discriminate against hair? What the fuck? You know what? That's that's actually another thing about hair. Um, It's been a push in Hollywood because in Hollywood they have an issue of not having hairdressers that can handle and manage African American hair. Yeah, I mean, how can you hire black people and then not have people who can dress their hair? I mean, you know, racism. Oh. Uh, oh, there you go. I mean, not allowed to say that because the worst thing you can um, you can do is to call somebody racist. You know, not just be racist, but actually just be called racist. Woo. Oh my goodness! Let's not get there. I mean, Let's not get started there. That's why we don't have sponsors because people that way people well <laughs> we're super selective on, on sponsors, but we're never going to go corporate because we would like to be able to say. Um, Hollywood has a racism problem still in this post Black Panther era. But I thought I thought that Black Panther, I thought that fixed everything. Oh, wait. Okay. For five minutes. <laughs> and I then mean, white people wanted to dress as Black Panther for Halloween and I wanted to stab them. I mean, as long as like people don't paint their skin, I'm you can put the suit on all you fucking want. Like No, no, there's plenty of white superheroes. Leave this one alone. <laughs> Same with the Dora Milaje. Same with everybody in that fucking movie. Leave that alone. I the, think uh, Angela Bassett is a goddamn queen, and I would love oh to wear God. any outfit she had on in that film. I won't. There's black women who need to wear that outfit a lot more than I do. 
I do. Um, there is one cosplayer. It's this white guy who dresses up as Luke Cage. Always pays respect, pays homage. Uh, I give him a pass because he's actually pretty fucking amazing. I'll have to find him at some point in time because I saw his stuff and I was like, you know what? You get it. You get it. <laughs> okay. If he gets it, he gets a pass. But as somebody who does costuming, I'm over here looking for old white lady. I'm over here <laughs> looking for the the forty some year old, fifty some year old Flemeth. Oh yeah, the, the Flemeth, the uh, General <laughs> Organa. You will never catch me in a fucking metal bikini. No. <laughs> that's been that that ship has sailed decades ago. Give me the coveralls and the vest and the hair up in a bun and the I have no makeup on makeup look and the fuck I gotta save this goddamn galaxy again. <laughs> Why won't it stay fixed? I fixed this when I had perky tits. You know, now they're saggy. I've had children. I still have to save the galaxy. What the fuck? There is a um, Jimmy Kimmel does the mean tweets type thing that celebrities read their tweets. I just want to, I, while I was looking up information, they had an episode that Lizzo was on, and the tweet that she read was, Lizzo, bus passes and Happy Meals, two things that I, that I imagine Lizzo has seen a lot of. And then she replied back with a lot of spirit, yeah, I'm a big bitch, I ride a bus, a tour bus, motherfucker. Where's <laughs> God damn it, I love her. Just for not putting up with anybody's shit. At all. But, like, it... it. I mean, it goes back to respectability politics. It's, it's that damned if you do, damned if you don't type of shit. So you can't be angry in black. You can't be... Well, you can't be sexy big in black. Uh, you can only be a magical Negro. That's your only purpose in any kind of media if you show up at all. Or you can be, you know, the macho, one-liner, black dude. You, black women don't exist. I don't even know where those sassy are. Black, I've never seen sassy, bla- sassy black friends. That's all they get to oh, be. yeah. You have to have the sassy black friend that comes in and gives you a couple uh, things to say to your dude before y'all go off to the cabin in fucking Montana or wherever the dumbass movie is going to be uh, based in. Um you can't own own your own sexuality, especially if you're a big woman. You cannot, absolutely cannot own your own sexuality, period, at all. Like, if you if you feel yourself and you love sex and, and you want to have a lot of sex and you want to flaunt it and everything, well, there's something wrong with you. Why are you like that? Especially if you're a black woman, because obviously, if you're if you're a big black woman, you're 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 actually ugly. You don't know it. But you're actually ugly. You're disgusting. Why are, why are you like that? In fact, think of the kids. You know, the same kids that you would elbow at the fucking baseball game or football game or basketball game. And you would point at somebody who was wearing less than what Lizzo was wearing. But, you know, she's she's got a lighter complexion and she's she's thinner. So that's okay. right. My bad. For, for God. <laughs> oh, can we burn the earth yet or... I mean, we live here, so I'm I'm I can I can burn. It's cool, or we can just jump in the ocean. Those of us, you know, get our fucking heads on straight. I mean, the kids are okay. <laughs> if we burn the world, then where do the kids? Live? Um, they can jump in the ocean too. They can go with the fucking Aquaman movie that was just absolute trash. They can just sink with it. I don't care. <laughs> 
I mean, it, but it was glorious trash. <laughs> oh. I'm and then just... he went on to, you know, actively protect Hawaii like he is fucking Aquaman. So, <laughs> uh, so Jason Momoa gets props, you know, taking his superhero role seriously off screen. Um, but, ugh, oh, this was some bullshit. Yeah. And I was just infuriated on so many levels. I've been angry since season two dropped of American Gods. And then the more I allow myself to step outside of my comfortable uh, upper middle class suburban white girl background bubble, the angrier I get because the more injustice I see. Like a football player getting hassled off like by the cops outside the stadium. I uh, I don't know if it was a Rams or it was sports player black hassled by cops. What? No. He wasn't wearing his jersey. They didn't know who he was. Oh my bad. But I thought I, I thought black people can only play sport. I thought that was the only thing we were good at. So how didn't you recognize the only thing that that black people are supposed to be good at? Hmm. Uh, it's, um, Josh, Gordon, oh, oh, he's black. That explains everything. Yeah. I think he's Ah! suspended again now. Yeah, he's suspended indefinitely for weed. And yet, Greg Hardy, Hmm. uh, now has a UFC career? Hmm. I mean, Greg Hardy is also black, but he's less black. Like. If you look at the at, at the two pictures, depending on lighting, um, oh, is he is he light skinned? He's a lot more light skinned. Yes. <laughs> like, Josh Gordon is kind of dark. Yes, Josh Gordon is uh, he black? He's definitely he black. black. Yes. he's not squint in the wrong lighting, and he's a white guy with a real deep tan. Mm. Um, <laughs> but uh, Greg Hardy, um. Crime and sports fucking went off on this today um, because they're very pro pot smoking and anti NFL. Um, how Greg Hardy bounced his pregnant girlfriend's face off a toilet and he gets to play. Hmm. Josh Gordon gets suspended for weed. The NFL is the only league. Did, did, did they call the weed performance enhancing drugs? Because I'm going to tell you right now, that shit, the only performance that has ever enhanced is me playing Final Fantasy XIV. So, um, and that's only because I zoned out so hard, pressed the same fucking buttons over and over again in vacation. Um. <laughs> well, part of it is that um, the podcast is crime and sports. Um, it's some good shit. Uh, they talk. They rant an awful lot about the racism in the NFL because um, the NFL is fucking racist. And today oh. they called it out. They called it out and said the NFL is an authoritarian league, and it's the the NCAA has been in lockstep with them since you know black people were allowed to play football. Um, I'm not saying, just saying, you're allowed you to know, be good at sports, but you're not allowed to make money. Yeah. Now the funny thing is, Major League Baseball. <clears throat> Um, they're basically they're going through and looking to refine their drug guidelines, basically to hit harder on opioids but less on pot. And I'm thinking the only people that are known for getting in trouble in the major league baseball about pot 
are white dudes. Good! <laughs> white dudes deserve to be in trouble for literally everything. It's their fault. No, no, what they're, what they're basically saying is, like, we're not going to worry about pot because, yeah, the white dudes are getting in trouble. Yeah. It's like five, oh. people in the, five people in Major League Baseball smoke pot is what they're saying. Um, because we all know Major League Baseball is mostly brown people. Mm-hmm. Oh. So. The NBA doesn't test, test for pot um, because, oh. you know. I mean, everybody would be fucking suspended, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, it I was. Mean, the statement in the podcast was the NBA runs on pot because it's I mean, black dudes. Literally, if I, I would, you know what, I would. If they, if you could go to a vendor and just get like a fucking blunt, like just get some pre-rolled shit and just take it back to the stands and just smoke. Like, I mean, why aren't we doing that anyway? Well, also, we got to keep punishing black people and letting white people profit. Oh, yeah. Oh, cold yeah, up. Yeah, complex on that one. <laughs> this is why we will never have po- sponsors or get picked up by a by a network is because we're gross like this. <laughs> no. The establishment hates us. It's, Can you not it's... say fuck? And not call out the military industrial complex so hard. No. Nope. Gonna say Watch fuck. Me all day. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny thinking about this podcast and the creation of it because Noel's like, we're gonna do this right, we're gonna do this professionally, but I'm gonna say fuck. And a lot. Almost like a year into this now, it's like, you know something? Fuck the man. We're being <laughs> we're doing this solo. It's like, all right, cool. She was like, we're going to split to networks, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And as things grow and the range gets angrier and angrier and angrier, it's like, no, fuck sponsors. I mean, you just got to be fucking angry about it. Well, there's so much to be angry about. And as this episode has proven, there's we have a long fucking way to go. Here we are at the end of 2019, and a black man has been fired for writing the black experience and forcing people to look it in the face and be uncomfortable. A woman that is a judge on a talent show fired for basically being a black woman. And wearing her hair in a style that suits her hair. I just, I don't even, there's, at some point in time, I just like, get exhausted, and I'm just like, you know what? You're breaking up. Video game. Who's breaking up? I mean, you broke up there a hot second. Nah, I, I don't know what you're talking about. This is not good. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got angry and it cut out. It's like, I can't handle this much black rage. Please. Oh my God, out. Spectrum racist as shit right now. <laughs> 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 like, oh, fuck you, Spectrum. Oh. I mean, without Spectrum, we wouldn't have half of half the podcasting hosting system because they provide our internet too but oh, fuck i mean you live in the ohio metropolitan area yeah so <laughs> i say that i say that like a giant it kind of is yeah fuck this area oh <laughs> also you need to stop doing shows when i'm feeling like a hermit or when i'm during during this, fair season this is not that's never going to stop like i'm just to give y'all like a little uh, tidbit, so I'm trying to go on tour next year, like in July, and I'm trying to tour from here to Denver and then back again. 
So I got that shit. And then um, er, all of early next year is like me doing shows pretty much everywhere. I'll be in Texas like in January and February and probably March. So I got, I got it. What? I got it. All right. Alpha Riff plays the Ohio no. Renaissance. Wait, 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 wait. Stop. Stop. No. Hold on. Stop, stop, stop. Bill, did you actually say my name right? <laughs> He's been saying it right the whole episode. I'm proud of him. What the fuck? Like, that was just like the I realized I said ripped <laughs> up. <laughs> All right. Okay. So Five let- minutes of mocking Bill for not being able to say riff <laughs> until today. <laughs> he also couldn't say Nike. Oh, my God. This man said Nikes. Nike. And I'm Nike. just like, nah, nah. Hey, not nah, hey, he's so did, white. In New Jersey, we did. We said Nike because it was with hike. Mm-hmm. And hike is what you said with a football. Goodbye. And football players <laughs> wore Nike. Goodbye. I don't even know what you're um, talking about. Goodbye. That doesn't make any sense. But, but. anyway, back to, <laughs> back, to the important, back to the important thing. He is okay. not going to play the Ohio Renaissance Festival. I, mean, I would like on the Time Traveler Weekend. I mean, Time Traveler Weekend would be the only weekend it would work. I would rather he come play Ace of Cups so I can make all my local friends come look at this guy I know who's really <laughs> cool um, and does cool shit. I mean, I'll do both. Uh, and I'll I'll play Renaissance even not on Time Traveler Weekend because if you think for a second that I would not be able to like take what I do and make it seem like it, it was supposed to be in medieval times... I can spin a fucking story watch. Oh, I, I know, but the thing is, it's like... If yes, you but can get... you play a hurdy-gurdy? I can, but I will fucking find somebody who... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, the entertainment director is on the website. That's on you to get to the... <laughs> Ace of Cups is a great goddamn venue in Columbus. Okay. Um, it's where Goth Night is once a month. Um, Ooh. Hmm. They're oh, you might appreciate. They are doing a Depeche Mode and Cure um, set. Um, the DJ, the show is called Iconoclash, and it's Depeche Mode, The Cure, and artists inspired by both those artists. Hmm, okay, so, so it's literally five hours of dancing yourself to death if you are a goth. So I am going to. This is like I didn't even know this place existed now added to my massive list of venues and people and all that but i have um a dude that i work with who goes by the moniker of witch boy and he has the witch coven um that he does stuff with and i'm gonna see if he wants to come out here and do something on this so that might uh be the place that we look at Hmm. chin stroking chin stroking And it's a good venue. Um, holds 300. So it's intimate. Yeah. yeah. Chin stroking. Yep. All right. <laughs> Let me just, here, have a link. I mean, the stage is really nice. There's plenty of room. So, just so we can continue to lighten up from the rage, what else <laughs> have you been up to, Alpha, personally, professionally, things like that? Okay, so... um Personally, I have kind of stopped the um, the almost four to five year streak of not dating anybody, um, and I'm kind of seeing somebody now. So, oh, that's new and different. Um, 
I don't want to toss nothing out there in the air just yet, but uh, it's adorable. That's kind of that's kind of happening. Um, and I'm I'm happy. Uh, you know, like it's been people who know me and know me personally know that I've been through the fucking ringer when it comes to people. I've had the most mentally and emotionally abusive people that you could probably date that weren't like guys in like in my life. I had one chick who was so fucking pissed off that I would ask her about her day. Um, she would just go the fuck off on me. Or if I would say shit like, yeah, like I saw you today and knowing that she didn't actually like live near me, but just saw somebody that reminded me of her. Um, she would go off about that. She'd go off like, you know, I don't live there. I don't know why the fuck say you saw me today. Blah, 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 blah. So a lot of that. Uh, and then for 2019 has been like the biggest personal growth ever. Um, I basically for the majority of my life have hated myself to the point where I didn't even want to like look in the mirror. And this year is the first year where I actually posted the status and said, I don't actually hate myself. Like, holy shit. And in recent months, I found that I actually love myself, which is a complete departure from anything else I've ever felt before in my life. So it's like, took me almost 37 something years to get to that point. This shit fucking feels good. Um, so I'm just hoping I can kind of like in 2020 show other people how to kind of start making the same changes within themselves. Cause it's been a long time coming, I think. But at this point, I feel like it's a good trajectory and I feel like I should be able to help other people kind of do the same thing that I've been doing. Um, and then just professionally, like this year has been, this year has been fucking wild. Um, so a couple of years back, I actually lost all of my merchandise, all of my instruments, everything that it took. To, so I basically just stopped making music like three or four years ago. And, uh, and like last year, close to the end of last year, I bought new guitar and I bought like speakers, new microphone and everything, started making music again. This year, I was the First year where I was back to playing shows, and I've played more shows this year than I played in almost the combined like six years before this year. Um, and then the first show that I actually played when I came back was at South by Southwest, so that was kind of like you know just like a big reintroduction to who I am. Because a lot of people when I came back, they were like, "Oh shit! Like what you're doing now is way first found out who you were." Um, because a lot of people, they knew me as just like doing nerdcore, so it was just rap. And then they saw that I'm basically like a rock artist who sometimes raps, mostly sings and screams and tells like intricate fucking stories. So they got more exposed to that. They got more exposed to me actually doing a lot more of my own instrumentation uh, since I got my guitar and all that back. And then, um, you know, just I launched that Patreon this year. So with the Patreon... Patreon is fucking wild because there's like there's been people I know who have had theirs for like forever, but they haven't been able to have any movement. And I don't know if it's just like sometimes the platform uses itself to certain types of of media and shit. Um, was that call for you? Like who was that? <laughs> the, the cough that we are trying to tell our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need y'all to go ahead and subscribe to these motherfuckers because. Okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Bill yeah. needs healthcare. <laughs> Bill needs healthcare because uh, we found his doppelganger, and I don't know if you guys 
We might have to oh. kill just so we can get like if he needs like organ transplants and shit, like that's his clone, so Okay, um, so uh, <laughs> this is gonna be a Patreon thing with us. So the other day <laughs> Ward comes up to me, he's like why are you trying to play me, dude? And, <laughs> and I'm like, what? And it's like, oh, he's like, you got a second life, right? You're you're different life. And I'm like, wait, what, what's going on? And he sends me this Facebook thing of a dude that looks exactly like me. Dude, there's no, there is no, the facial hair and fucking everything was exact. The only thing that was different was the guy's actual hair, but that's because <laughs> it was actually long and like resembled long hair. I get long <laughs> hair, but it like grows out at the same time. You've got oh. weird white people textured hair. This shit was just so wild. I'm like, I feel like, but it. And I went through and I. Show that picture to Alice, who's the person that knows me like longer than anybody. I'm like, hey, look at this picture I found. And they're like, I don't remember that. I'm like, this is not me. <laughs> That's why I was like, I did a double check. I was, this one dude just popped up and it just looked like you. And I was just like, and he he popped, he had popped up in my uh, people, you know, like four or five times after that. And then he just did. And I was just like, what the f- what the fuck, Bill? Like, dude, you literally got this doppelganger just out there living life, and now he's just gone. I don't know where he's at. I don't even remember the dude's name. Like, I'm going to have to find... I think I took a screenshot or whatever and sent it to you. I'm going to have to find... Did. Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, do some more investigation. Like, I might have to friend him, ask him some questions or something, because that shit was wild. That was actually... I feel I feel almost like that was that was almost like if I discovered myself because it just was so off putting that that was not actually you. And oh yeah, yeah, because I responded back to you um, with a picture from the Harry Potter um, Wizards United game. Yeah, with the Bellatrix hair and the haggard beard. <laughs> I'm trying to look exactly like the. Oh, but fuck yeah, that was that was weird. That was weird. Wow. Oh. And it's like the guy even took a picture in the lighting that I normally take pictures in. Right. That's and it was like if you were in like a mirror or something, a selfie mirror image with that same lighting. This is what dude had for his picture. Had the same facial expressions and everything. I'm just like, how the fuck do you actually have a straight up doppelganger? But he just has like long hair. He has long wavy hair. Hmm. Yeah, that threw me for a fucking that really did throw me for a straight up loop. I'm just posting the Facebook thing that you did just... I think I showed Noel that already, but it's one of those things where, yeah. I, I wanted to go through and friend them and say, hey, um, I'm told we look alike. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I've gone through and people uh, are actually my name. Uh, I friend them, so then I can just tag them randomly and shit. And people think I'm tagging myself, but I'm actually tagging the person. So that's a, that's a fucking thing I do. <laughs> Like you can be as weird as me if you won't. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think that we've calmed down from the rage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we've gotten extra content for Patreon too. 
Um, that was not expected, but I completely, I actually forgot about the doppelganger until you brought it back up. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think this is a good time to go through and wrap things up. Um, again, uh, one more thing about the beginning. Um, please write us. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts, uh, views, things like that in regards to, um, anything. If you ask us questions, give us feedback. Write us at xchromosomepodcast.com. That's write us at xchromosomepodcast.com. Again, you can find all of our stuff on xchromosomepodcast.com. Visit there. Help us out. Um, we might have to put a GoFundMe together later on, depending on how finances go, um, just so we get a couple of the bills paid, because it's time for the bills to get paid. Um you want to enumerate those bills so people know what they're paying for? All right. So <laughs> let me go through and explain this really quick. Because, um, yeah, they're not my uh, they're not my vet bills, which I'm still trying to get sorted out. They are podcast related. Right. So the the website with the scripting and everything that allows us to push everything out to let people know what's going on. Um, that's $300 for the year. Um, now, like I said, it's the year. It's not like it's a monthly fee, but that keeps our hosting together. That keeps our business scripting together. That keeps our everything together, so to speak, um, and helps us promote the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you don't have to listen to us at the beginning of the podcast. Give us give us our Facebook. Give us our Twitter. Give us all that. It helps us as a centralized location. You can find all of our shit here. Makes sense? Makes sense. It also um, allows us to publish this so you can find it on Stitcher and Spotify and Apple Podcasts and goddamn motherfucking YouTube. That was the next part. That's just the that's just the website hosting. The okay. podcast oh. hosting. Yeah, well, that's what it is, is the website hosting. That's what's coming okay. up for the podcast hosting is two hundred and fifty for the year. Oof. Oof, so we're looking at $600 just to keep screaming fuck into the void? Pretty much. <laughs> now, I I foot the bill for a lot of that at the beginning, and I'm, 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 I was glad to, and I'm still glad to. But unlike other years, like Elaine mentioned in the post, I'm, not, I'm getting multiple W-2s I have to wait for this year through the mail because I can't have access to them online. So then with Massachusetts, with their version of the Affordable Care Act, I have multiple health insurance waivers I have to wait for to go through. So That's weird. I, because uh, Massachusetts, they will tax the hell out of you if you don't have the right forms for that. Um, because Obamacare was created based off of Romney care, which was happening in Massachusetts. Uh, so. Um, I have, unlike before, I actually have to wait for my money to go through and put things together. So the podcast hosting, um, one of the major things with the podcast hosting is that it gives us, it's got great customer service. Uh, that's important to me. Um, another thing though, is that it gives us the direct connection to Spotify and Spotify is the biggest pain in the ass to get podcasts on. It's not like anything else that you just sign up and send it out. You have to jump through a ton of hoops. This kills all the hoops. 
um, and gets us everything that we need to run this podcast smoothly. So all this stuff is a beginning of the year lump sum type thing. So um, help us. We prefer, look, if, if everybody on our Facebook page that actually went through and like commented or likes or follows and things like that, put $1 in, we'd be good. Like, and we, and we'd be able to actually make this professor, more professional sounding like Alf Riff does with his music. Um, I might be able to actually hire people to actually do things that need to be done to make it sound really well too. Um, but it's one of those things where to do this, we need to, we need money and we want to be listener supported to not have to deal with uh, sponsors complaining about us wanting to smash the patriarchy and things like that and call Hollywood out on their shit and the NCAA out on their shit and everybody out on their shit. Yeah. Um, I know we sound a little PBS right now, but uh, if you like what we're doing here, we need a little help keeping it going in 2020 um, or at least until Bill gets paid from uncle sam i know i'm not going to get enough tax for fun to fucking fund anything but maybe buy tires for my car which i need those too (laughs) i need three tires yeah so you know throw money at alpha riff because he's always an amazing guest and he deserves your support so he can keep making music and he needs a fucking car that works so he can go to fucking gigs and make more money love on his shit it's amazing um If you appreciate what we're trying to do here at We All Have an X Chromosome, help us go into this next decade bigger, louder, stronger, and with less need to try to grovel algorithms into shooting us up the charts so that we can get Chewy or who the fuck ever to pay us to read boring commercials. Because I'm pretty sure y'all like like having commercial-free podcasts. Because I don't know where we'd cut to put them in. Um, in between every month. And uh, I, there are people who said that they enjoy the way I use the word fuck. It's very <laughs> eloquent. Um, networks and shit like that are going to make us want to, are, are going to try to make us cut that and push products that we don't believe in. And we'd rather be true to our uh, our roots and be able to be journalistically uh, have journalistic integrity in what we're talking about. And also, I would like to say fuck more than once an episode. <laughs> so, I mean, if you like what we're doing, this is your chance to really help us do it better. And help um, us help our volunteers, too. Yes, because we got people who ain't getting paid, and they're doing a ton of work, and I feel like an asshole. Like Because they ain't getting paid. Now, for example, Huey does a lot of our editing now. Um, I gave Huey a piece of equipment that is fancy art equipment that's for, like, electronic tablet. Because, like, you're dealing with this. You, you'll you use this. This is just collecting dust. Have it. Um, but it's like, you want to be able to give other Patreons a little bit, trickle, trickle it down a bit. Like, give Alpha Riff money every month for his Patreon. Ooh. Ooh. Um, he gives us music for free. Uh, yeah, if you to... like our music, give him money. Um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's things like that. We want we want to be able to upgrade our server on Discord to make the recording better and things of that nature. 
Um, there's things that we want to do to make this better, and we need that we need your support to do it. So let's end the PBS stuff, and um, I'm about to have the plug again, so I'm going to want to cut this cut out. So um, that being said, we're going to close the podcast down. Um, everybody have safe and happy holiday. Um, you're going to not be here from us until 2020 unless we drop something uh, surprise. But um, Or we get some serious updates on the issues in this episode, at which point I may either be shrieking in joy along with Warren or we'll be screaming again about Fremantle and it's fucking bullshit. One of the two. One of the two. Yeah, there's only two ways this will go. (laughs) (laughs) That being said, my name is Bill. I'm Noelle. And thank you again to Alpha Riff for being our special guest this evening. Thank you for having me. And we all have an X chromosome. So good night, goodbye, thanks for the fish, and where the fuck is the channel so you can Craig? Craig, get out! Craig! <laughs>